everyone that's joining us four minutes late uh, by live stream. No, it wasn't your fault. It was that lady that opened up for us. Praise the Lord. It was the woman you gave me. <laughs> how many of you know, how many men knows that won't fly? That's not going to fly. But we want to welcome everyone who's joined us by live stream this morning. Uh, we're always in, in, into having a great time in the Lord, and we're going to have just as good a time this morning if you like the word. Amen? Yes. Amen. Amen. For all of our visitors, i like everybody to have a Bible uh, because I want you to see on paper. I want, to see, I want you to see with your own eyes uh, what I'm telling you because there's too many times that uh, too many pulpits are just saying things that aren't in the Scriptures. But I don't want, we're not going to be one of them, amen? amen? So I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but if you don't have a Bible right now, would you raise your hand? I want to give you one. Our, our visitors over here, praise the Lord. Need one, two, three, four? Just one, okay, amen. I want you to see in the Word what I'm going to be telling you. Hallelujah. You can be turning in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter number 5. That's 1 Peter chapter number 5. And I want to get right into this, but uh, first let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father God, for this wonderful, wonderful day, Lord God. I thank you that this is the day that you've made, and I'm going to rejoice with you, Father God. I thank you for the word that you have put in my heart to share with your people. I ask and I give you thanks that the anointing is on the word, not the man. And that when the word falls in the fertile soil of the people's hearts, Father God, that that word will produce fruit in their lives, Father God. That that word will set them free. That word will deliver them. That word will show them who they are in Christ Jesus. And I give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Uh, we're going to continue this morning with a series we actually started a few weeks back. A few weeks back uh, on the believer's authority. How many uh, have been getting some help from this teaching? How many of you are starting to do more of the word and not just read more of the word? Uh, if you have missed any of those, and I, I especially say to our visitors. If this uh, message today touches you in any way, go back and listen to the last three or four messages on our website. There's many outlets. There's our website. Uh, you can listen to our teachings there. There's Spotify, I think. There's uh, iTunes, all kinds of tunes out there that you can get these messages. So I encourage you to do that. And even those who have been here, I encourage you to go listen to them over and over and over again. Uh, because they will definitely give you life-changing revelation. See, if the Word isn't changing your life, the Word's not doing the, any good. And the only way the Word won't do any good is if you don't do it. Don't shout me down now. We're just now starting. <laughs> Amen. They contain life-changing revelations. Amen. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> But you have to keep feeding and feeding and feeding on God's Word. And when you think you've had it, you think you've had enough of it, feed on it some more. Listen, and that's what I did. Not giving me any praise. I'm just saying, 
That's how God moves you forward in his word. That's how God moves you forward in your life as a Christian. You'll not move forward in God's word until you decide in your life, look, this is what I'm going to do. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen? So keep feeding on them these truths and then also do what you hear them say. Do what they tell you to do. Amen? amen? And that's when your life will change for the better. We know from our studies that every child, every child of God has been given authority. Luke 10, 19 tells us that. He says in Luke 10, 19, just write it down because I'm going to move through this. We went over this last week. He said, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. He's not talking about literal serpents and scorpions. So don't go picking up no snakes. Amen. He's talking about demonic powers. And he says that and says, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you and I have authority over Satan and all. Everybody say all. All, all of his demons. Uh, and we covered that last week. And again, if you missed that, go back and listen to it because I'm not going to take time to go over it again. Amen. So this morning, what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about things that hinder your authority, or even they can even stop your authority from working. Can your authority be hindered? The answer is yes. You have authority over the devil, and guess what? He knows that. Amen. And so what he does is he tries to deceive you, just like he deceived Sister Eve in the garden. He tries to deceive you and get you to participate in activities contrary to God's word. And here's why. Because he knows if you'll participate in those activities, then he's got you. And he can hinder your authority over him from working. Amen. That's the only power that he has. He has to deceive the believer. So I want to deal with that this morning on things that hinder our authority. So let's begin here in 1 Peter chapter 5. And I'm not going to promise you, but I'm going to do my best to get you out of here earlier. Even though y'all like to stand in the fellowship hall and, and visit for an hour after church is over. So let's begin here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 6. It says, therefore, humble yourselves, underline that. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting part of your care upon him. What? Oh, oh that's what your Bible says? See, that's just a test, guys. That's just a test to see if you got your Bible open. Amen. Casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, underline that. See, a lot of people think their next door neighbor is their enemy. A lot of people think the government's their enemy. A lot of people think their spouse is their enemy. None of those are your enemy. 
that says your adversary, the devil, everybody say the devil, walks about like a roaring lion sinking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him, underline that. Resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. I've taught on this before, but you're not special. The same things that the devil attacks you with, he attacks everybody to your left and right right now with. Same things. The same thing he attacks everybody in this room with, he attacks Jesus with when he took him up on the mount for 40 days and 40 nights. So you're not special. You're just somebody who believes in God and you believe in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, it says, resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, I want you to notice in verse 8, it says, be sober. In studying this out, this does not mean, of course, you shouldn't be getting drunk anyway, but this does not mean uh, don't be, get drunk on alcohol. You shouldn't be doing that anyway, but that's another, that's another whole message. It says, be sober. And what he is simply saying here is don't go through life like a drunkard. You know, not paying attention to your life. How many of you know drunkards don't ever pay attention to anything but their drinking habit? At least that's what I did when I was a drunkard. I saw, I know what I'm talking about. I've had experience in this area. They don't pay attention to anything but themselves. Amen. <clears throat> so he's saying, don't go through life that way. In other words, don't get so drunk on the pleasures of this world that you're not paying attention to the spiritual things. Why? Because you got an adversary. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got an adversary. His name is the devil. Because you got an adversary. And that adversary wants to devour you. The word adversary in the Greek likens Satan as being an opponent in a, uh, in a lawsuit or a, in a courtroom. Likens him to be uh, like a prosecuting attorney. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to find things in your life that will convict you and make you guilty. Amen. What did he do with Job? He went up before God and, and said, uh, uh, and actually God said it, but he was implying it. And he said, consider my servant Job. So Satan was allowed to go and afflict Job. And if you read the story, it's because Job was in doubt and unbelief. Amen. He was, he was, wasn't sinning physically against God, but his kids were. And he was worried about them. I'm not going to get off in that story, but you got to understand that the, here's my point. The devil accuses you every day to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do not want to give him any reason to be right. Amen. Amen. You have an adversary. 
and he wants to devour you. And he can devour you if you allow him to. <clears throat> He's trying to find things in your life that are contrary to God's word. He's trying to find things in your life that are outside of God's will for your life. He's trying to find things that he can use to hinder your authority. Are you with me? <clears throat> so you have an adversary that is constantly examining your life. I feel somebody's already getting uncomfortable in here. And that's okay. You know something? You have, you have authority over him. And everything I'm going to bring out today, if that's you today and I start stepping on your toes, I start preaching on your porch, guess what? You have the authority to stop it at any time. Amen. But he's trying to find things. He's looking for ways that you shouldn't, things that you shouldn't be doing. He's looking for ways that you shouldn't be living. How I many of you know you're called to live holy? A few of you. Everybody needs to just write that down. Be holy and go home and study it. Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. Amen. And you can be holy. You can live a holy life. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. But the, so the devil is constantly looking at ways that you shouldn't be living. Because when you do those kind of things or live the ways you shouldn't be, it hinders your authority. Then when you try to take your authority and use it on the enemy. Or better yet, you try to use your authority to command a blessing in your life. It will not work. Because you're participating in things that you should not be participating in. That's what these scriptures are saying. Amen. Listen to me. If you feel this morning like you've been exercising your authority and it has not been working, then you might want to check your lifestyle. You might want to check and see how you've been living. You might want to check. And I'm not talking about big sins. I'm talking about being in unforgiveness towards someone. I'm talking about having bitterness in your heart towards someone. Your husband, your wife, your best friend, your next door neighbor. Those are just as big a sins as fornication. And they will hinder your authority. Amen. So we all have an adversary, and what we all must understand is he's looking at our lives 24 hours a day. The Bible says there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. He's constantly checking for an open door in your life. But here's the good thing. Guess who's in control of the door? Everybody say we are. Say I am. You're in control of your doors. He cannot come into your house if you don't let him in. Amen. He can't come into your house with, uh, through your spouse and what your spouse may say to you and do to you. He can't come into your house with, with what the government might do to us. The devil cannot come in this house. This is your house. Unless I let him. And guess what? He's not coming in here. Everybody say, he's not coming in here. Amen. The devil 
cannot, I said, can not open doors in your life. So if he starts wreaking havoc in your life, that means because you opened the door to him. And this don't matter whether you're old, young, or in the middle. You young people in here, you're the same way. If you let your, what your parents may be correcting you, if you let that turn you upside down and you let the devil into your life and saying, well, I'm just going to stay mad at him. Okay, well, go ahead. You're going to reap the problem. Amen. There's consequences to our actions. Amen. And I have found in my life, just so you'll all know, the, and I've gotten that situation to where, you know, I'm just going to be mad. How I many of you know things didn't get better? They just got worse. Amen. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you or I want to harbor unforgiveness, you and I want to harbor bitterness in our lives, you and I are the one that's going to wreak uh, the havoc. Not the person that may you say may have caused it. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I realize that's a sobering thought, but it's the truth. Satan has no power in a Christian's life unless they cooperate and participate in his deceitful lies. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, turn over to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. So you have an adversary that's looking for ways to attack your life in order to hinder your authority. How many know the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, 9 that faith works in a pure conscience? You don't have to turn there. They may put it up on the board and not just write that down. 1 Timothy 3, 9 says faith works in a pure conscience, not in a defiled conscience. Not in an ungodly conscience. No, faith works in a pure conscience. So if a person isn't living right, listen to me now, or they're not uh, changing the areas of their life that God has exposed through his word, in other words, if they choose to disregard and disobey God's leading, then it will affect their faith, it will affect how they believe. It will affect the words that they say and the words that they use. And it's all because faith works in a pure conscience. Are you with me? So Peter told us to resist the devil steadfast in faith. And we're going to do that. Amen? Now look at what James says. James chapter 4 verse number 7 says virtually the same thing. It says, therefore, submit to God. Underline that. Look at this. Resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. I want you to underline or highlight that entire scripture. Even if you've got a, a loner Bible, underline it so the next person will read it. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to read that again. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. One of the greatest hindrances 
to our Christian authority is a person's lack of submission unto God. They just don't want to submit. They refuse to. They might, they might submit to part of the word. Amen. The part that they like. But then when God, through the pastor, comes up on your porch and starts pre preaching on your porch and it kind of starts making you in, uh, uncomfortable in church, you start squirming around a little bit. See, that's the scripture that he's really wanting you to submit to. And when you go out of these doors, you're going to be challenged to submit to that scripture. Amen. Don't look at me with them religious thoughts. I mean, everybody has things we need to have worked on. Amen. I've told many of people I preach up on my porch every weekend. Because when God is dealing with this kind of stuff and I'm reading it, it's dealing with me just like it deals with you. It exposes the areas in my life where I need to grow. Amen. But one of the greatest hindrances of Christian authority is a lack of submission. Christians won't submit to God's authority. Christians won't submit to the word of God. Christians won't commit or, su or submit to godly counsel. I've had people come into that counsel and I'll tell them what the word says. And I'll say, if you'll do this, then God's going to do that. Yeah, praise the Lord, Pastor, that's what I'm going to do. Then they come in again and they say, well, that didn't work. You got another plan. No. Did you do what I told you last time? No, it was just too hard. Well, then go home and do that and then come back. Amen. Get out of the belly of the whale. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh, preach. Jonah said, I don't want to go down there. I'm going fishing. So he spent a few days in the belly of a whale or a big fish, the Bible says. We just assumed that it was a whale. When he prayed to God and God had the whale spit, spit him out and he went to God and said, okay, God, I'm ready to do what you told me to. Or I'm ready to do what you want me to do. He said, what do you want me to do, Lord? He said, go to Nineveh. Go do what I told you to the first time. Amen. And listen, I'm not saying I don't like, I don't love you enough to minister to you. But when you come to me, I'm going to give you the word of God. Amen. And then when you do that word, then come back. Because when you come back then, you're going to say, praise God, pastor, it works. I did it and it worked. You see, if it don't work for you, you ain't doing it. Or God's a liar. Now, which one do you choose? Amen. That was absolutely free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In other words, people refuse to do what God is telling them to do. And they re when they re do refuse to submit to God, then that opens the door to Satan. And their authority over him will not work. That's why Peter told us that he roams about seeking ways that he can deceive you. See, he can't devour that person that's in the word. He cannot devour that person, that Christian that's uh, devouring the word and he's living in the word and he's quoting the word over his life and over his family and over his children. He can't devour that person. He can only devour that person that says, eh, praise God, pastor, you're right. 
and then walk out these doors and live the same way they lived before they walked in them. That's, that's food for that seemingly roaring lion. Amen? Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to be food. Amen. Hallelujah. But that's why he told us that he, roared, he roams around seeking who he can entrap, trying to entrap you. Why? So he can nullify your faith. So he can nullify your authority and he can devour you, your life, your family, your wife, your marriage. He can have his way in your life. He's a rascal. And he hates you. Look at verse 7 again. <clears throat> it says, therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will, not maybe, he will flee from you. We've learned this over the, over, the, over the teachings in this church. When God Almighty says something, it is so. And it cannot be changed. That's why I can stand up here and boldly say, if the devil's still bothering you, then you ain't doing nothing. Because God says, if you'll resist the devil, he will flee from you. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. Now, my brothers and sisters, I want you to get a hold of this. Your authority will not work, period, if you do not submit to God. And not just part of your life. All of your life. Now that, I'm still submitting mine, okay? So it's an attitude of a heart, okay? You don't have to be perfect all in one day. But your heart has to be right. Your heart has to say, Lord, I'm going to submit my whole life to you. I want you to expose things in my life, Father God, that you know that I shouldn't be doing. And when you expose those, Father, then I'm going to not do them anymore. I'm not going to be that way anymore. I'm not going to talk to my spouse that way anymore. I'm not going to talk to my children that way anymore. I'm not going to live that way in front of my children anymore. I'm going to live holy and acceptable unto you. In Jesus' name. He says first, look at this, James 4, 7. What's the first thing he says? Submit. Everybody say submit. He says first submit, then resist. Well, that tells me right there that if I don't submit first, my resistance is not going to do me any good, is it? I'm just a plain old preacher, man. This word resist in the Greek means to fiercely oppose. It means to stand firm against. It means, now watch this, it means a pre-planned resistance. That every day of your life, you've already pre-planned your resistance against the devil. That no matter what he throws your way, that no matter what kind of storm comes your way, that you have the word of God down on the inside of your heart and you let that word come out and you use your authority and say, no, you don't, devil. It is a written. Can I get an amen? That's a pre-planned resistance. How many of you know when you pre-plan something that you do what it takes to ensure that your plan works? How many of you in here like failing? 
I'm glad nobody, but everybody's paying attention. There's sometimes people just raise their hand because they ain't been listening to what I say. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nobody likes failing. So when you pre-plan to win, you will win. I said when you pre-plan to win, you will win. Because see, even pre-planning, there might be some hiccups. But in those hiccups, when you pre-plan and you get all that word down on the inside of you, even when that hiccup comes, boy, something else comes up and say, no, you don't. I see you. I see you over there. Amen. You have authority over the devil. Hallelujah. The Amplified. Well, let me say this first. And this is where I want to go. Submitting to God is the key to you successfully resisting the devil. It is the key. The Amplified Bible in 4.7 says, be subject to God. It says, resist the devil. Stand firm against him and he will flee from you. I really like God's word, which says this in 4.7. It says, so place yourself. Who's placing you? You are. So place yourself under God's authority. Resist the devil and he will run from you. I started to say it earlier, but that word flee in the Greek really means to flee as in terror. That when you know who you are in Christ, when you know that the word of God is going to prevail in your life, when you resist the devil, that little rascal runs. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to leave here a different person than you walked in. How many of you know that? You're going to leave here and you're going to start taking command over your life. Amen. You're no longer going to blame God when things happen in your life. When things happen uh, negatively in your life, you better just go look in the mirror and say it's because you ain't taking authority. Because God gave you that authority. Amen? Amen. We're going to get rid of those things that hinder our authority. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, when the devil comes at you with his schemes and with his lies and he sees by your actions and your words that you are submitted to God, he will run from you. In other words, when he sees you by choice, when he sees that you, by choice, have closed the doors of opportunity to your life, then he has nothing to work with. And if he has nothing to work with, then he cannot gain a foothold in your life. Can you say amen? The devil has no right to come into a Christian's life unless they give him that right. He can't just come into your life. He can't just have his way in your home. He can't just have his way in your marriage or in your family unless you cooperate with him and let him in. And I'm going to say this to the men, that eventually God's going to hold you responsible because you are the head, you are the high priest of your home. God made it that way. Now, women, don't use that as an excuse not to authorize yourself or not to walk in your authority. You got a deadbeat husband, then you need to do it. Did I say that? I must have been talking to somebody by live stream this morning. Because I know there are no deadbeat husbands in here. You know why I know that? 
Y'all keep coming. Y'all stay hungry. Amen. Hallelujah. I got out of that pretty good, didn't I? But the devil cannot come into your life without you cooperating with him. And see, the thing is, he's counting on you. Uh, actually, he's counting on you walking out of this church this morning and forgetting everything you heard. He's counting on it. He's counting on you not remembering the 2% that says you have authority over him. But I can tell you this, if you'll just make up your mind to once and for all, everybody say for once and for all. If you'll make up your mind once and for all to submit to God and his word, then the Bible says when you do that, the devil will leave you alone. He may come by your house every once in a while. But see, I'm getting it to the point now that I'm expanding my domain. See, he said you have dominion over the entire earth. Well, I'm not trying to take dominion over the entire earth, but I can tell you this. On, uh, at 1081 Eden Estates Drive, that little five-acre domain there belongs to me. And it has a gate on it. And when I go through that gate and my wife and I at that home, I set the angels round about that place. And I used to say this, that the devil would come by my house and look in the window. I don't even let him on the property now. I don't even let him on the property. You know why I can do that? Because I have authority over him. And that's what we've been learning in the Bible. Amen? Amen. Give him no place, the Bible said. Well, you need to, you know, there's some of you in here got more land than that. Unless you, and, and, and there's more, some be, could be watching my live stream this morning have more land than that. And you're cowered down in the corner hoping the devil don't come and bother you and your family when you have authority over him. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching good. I'm trying to keep it out of this household. You know, I'm on, I may be on somebody's porch this morning, but I don't mean to be. Amen. You see, it's sad to say, but most Christians haven't come to that place where they will totally submit to God. And that's why their authority never works. They'll take parts of God's word, the parts that they like or the parts that they are willing to submit to, and then the other parts of his word, they make excuses why they cannot submit to it. See, they won't totally submit to God's word, therefore they don't obey God's word. When you're submitted to it, you'll obey it. Amen? And when you live your life that way of disobedience, then when you try to use your authority to drive the devil out of your life, or you try to use your authority to proclaim one of God's promises for your life and your family, then your authority is hindered or even stopped because you refuse to obey what God's told you to do. Remember Jonah. Remember Jonah. He refused to do what God told him to. Therefore, the devil came and had his way in Jonah's life. Remember Jonah. You need to get a hold of this. The enemy is counting on you being rebellious. He's counting on you being disobedient to God's word. 
He's counting on you not believing the Bible should be taken literally. I've heard people say, well, the Bible's just another book. Jesus was just another prophet. He's counting on you adopting your own interpretation of the scriptures. I've had people say that to me. Yeah, Pastor, but it's all how you interpret the Bible. Find that word in your Bible. I think it's either once or twice, and it's both of them are talking about prophecy, not the word. You are not to interpret the word of God. You are to read it, study it, submit to it, and obey it. It's that simple. And the quicker we learn that as Christians, the easier our life will be. Can you say amen? But the devil is counting on an attitude of rebellion. And he's counting on behavior that goes contrary to the word of God, even though James has just told us to submit ourselves to God. He didn't say, now listen, he didn't say, men, make sure your wives submit. Wives, make sure your husbands submit. No, he said, it's about you submitting. And it's about me submitting. Now, husbands and wife can submit together. Matter of fact, when two or more agree on touching anything, they, man, that's some power. Amen. And I know many of the households in here are coming into agreement. The man and the woman are coming into agreement and they're battling the devil together. They're using their authority together to combat the enemy. But the devil is counting on people to rebel. Well, Pastor, my husband just won't submit. It's not about your husband. It's about you. Pastor, my wife just won't submit. And she nags me about submitting more. It's not about your wife. It's about you. Take care of your own house. You're a house. Your wife is a house. And together y'all make a family or a home. Amen. You must submit your life to God in his word. Can I get an amen? And our, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is our greatest example of totally submitting to God and being obedient to his word. Don't turn there, but in John 8, 29, just write this down. Jesus said these words. He says, for I always do those things that please him. I always do those things that please my father. Ladies and gentlemen, I have come to the point to where I'm going to do what pleases my father. Amen. And that should be your heart. Is that your heart this morning? Is your heart to always do the things that please God? Not that you won't ever make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But is your heart right? Is your heart toward pleasing him? Do you get up in the morning saying, Lord, I just want to please you today. Amen. We need to give our first time to God. Amen. Are we truly set on pleasing our heavenly father? Excuse me. You see, when your heart is set on pleasing Him, 
even when you make a mistake, when you make a mistake, then you still submit to God. And you submit to him by being quick to repent. When I make a mistake, I'm quick to repent. I say, Heavenly Father, I know I missed it. I fell short. I either said something wrong, I did something wrong, or both. Please forgive me. And you know what he does? He forgives. And he'll always say just what he told the lady that he called in the, that they called in the act of adultery. Go and don't do it again, son. Don't do it again. Learn from your mistakes. Amen? Amen. And that's the way I pray because I am submitted to him. Jesus said, I always do what pleases God. He never said, I'm just going to do things my way. I know the word says that. I know the scrolls say that, Father, but I'm just going to do it this way. Matter of fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? He said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. There are some Christians walking in churches and living and sitting in churches this morning that need to say, not my will, Father God, but your will be done in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. He had to submit to God just like we do. In other words, he had to be obedient to God's word in order to fulfill God's plan for his life. Likewise, you and I must also be obedient to God's word in order to fulfill his plan for our lives. Actually, our obedience to God's word and our willingness to obey his commands is how we prove that we're committed to be in submission, uh, in submission with him. Amen? That we prove we're submitted to God. Amen? I want to show you that in Luke 6, 46. Turn back there. Luke 6, 46. It says in verse number 46, and this is our Lord and Savior speaking. He says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He said, why are you calling me Lord? And the word Lord means this, means in the Greek it means the one I am submitted to. It means the one I am under. It means the one I have given my life to. So Jesus is asking them, why are you calling me something that I am not? Why are you calling me Lord? When you should be just calling me your master. You see, a master just means a teacher, another prophet, someone I respect. See, that's what Jesus called him. He called him master. In other words, I appreciate your word and I appreciate your teachings, but I'm not going to submit to you because that's just asking way too much. I like the word every Sunday. I love the way Pastor John preaches. But I'm not going to submit to what he says, even though he's saying it right out of the Bible, because I'm not ready to live my life that way. I want to live the way I want to live. I want to do the things I want to do. 
Besides, it's how you interpret the Bible. Don't shout me down now. So Jesus is saying, why are you calling me Lord? Why do you call me the one you declare you're submitted to? But when I examine your life, you're really not submitted at all. In other words, you're confessing something that you're not really living. Because being submitted to God means you are obeying his word. And when you choose to submit to God and obey his word, then the devil will flee from you. Are you getting that point yet? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, walking in your authority comes through your relationship with God. And it comes through your obedience to his word. And again, you cannot walk in your authority without first being submitted to Jesus' authority. And we can see that example if you'll just turn over to Matthew chapter 8. That's back over to your left. Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5. Say amen when you're there. Still hear a few pages rattling. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 5 says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. Most of us know this story. But I want to show you some things in here. It says, when he came to Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, and this is a heathen, guys. This is a Roman soldier. He's not born again. He hadn't been following Jesus everywhere. Amen. He said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also, look at this, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, no, not even in all of Israel. Now drop down to verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have what? Believe. Believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, we know this story is a great testimony of faith. Amen? But what I wanted you to notice uh, in verse 9 is this, that the first thing this Roman centurion said to Jesus is, I am a man under authority. The word under in the Greek means to come from, uh, it actually comes from the same Greek word that we read over in James, which means to submit. It's the same Greek word. So it could read this way. I am a man under or submitted to authority. Therefore, when I speak to my soldiers and my servants, then the authority that backs me up is speaking through me. We need to get a hold of that. We have all of heaven backing us up. 
I said, we got all of heaven backing us up. The authority that backs me up is speaking through me and my soldiers and, and service, uh, servants obey my words. He told Jesus, I recognize that you are submitted to a higher authority. How many of you know Jesus was, even though he was the son of God, he was still submitted to God? Amen. He said, I recognize that you're under a higher authority as well. So just speak a word of healing and my servant will be healed. My brothers and sisters, I believe when you and I come to that place where we are submitting to God's authority and obeying his word, that no devil in hell will be able to stand against us. And then every and also every storm that he may send your way, you'll be able to speak to that storm and calm it. Can you believe that? Amen. Those storms will not affect those who believe. Go back to Luke 6. I should have told you to hold your place there, but go back to Luke 6. Luke 6, 46 through 48. And of course, we've already read verse number 46 where Jesus said, why do, you do, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? But here's what I want you to see in verse number 47. Look at what Jesus says. He just told us why you're not doing what I'm telling you to, but then he says this. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and what? Does them. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man or a woman. I added that, but if you've read the Bible at all, you know God is no respecter of persons. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Who can tell me what the rock is? Jesus or the word. Amen. The rock is Jesus and Jesus is the word. John 1.1 1, 1 and John 1.14. Amen. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock or the word of God. But notice it says the man dug deep. He dug deep and laid the foundation of his entire life on the word of God. And again, that applies to you women too. Amen? In other words, when he or she heard the word, then he or she submitted to the word, and they didn't argue the meaning of the word. They didn't change the word to fit their lifestyle. They just simply heard the word, submitted to it, and obeyed it. Amen. And they didn't just do it on Sundays and Wednesdays. Amen. They didn't just do it when it was convenient. And they didn't have anything else to do on the weekend. They did it every day. Laying a firm foundation for their life, their family, and their home. Amen? It says he built the foundation of his home. He built the foundation for his life. He built the foundation of his marriage. And he built a foundation for his children on the word of God. And because he did all that, then the, when the storms came, the storms of life could not shake him. 
Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you want to be that person? How many of you are that person? Say, I are that person. Not am, I said are. Pay attention. Say, I are. That's, that's Texican. I are that person. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> I have to show you the other side of the coin. So look at verse 39. It shows us someone who doesn't do the word of God. Luke 6, 49. It said, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately, everybody say immediately, it fell. And the ruin of that house. Where's the house? Everybody do this. Okay, let's try it again. Everybody do this. Say, this is the house. Say, this is the house John built. Don't say your name. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are the house. Hallelujah. So when the storm beat against that house that did nothing with the word, then that house fell. Amen? All right. No, no, yeah, we don't need to say amen to that. Praise God. So Jesus, I'm trying to hurry. Jesus gives us an example here in Luke chapter 6 of someone who will submit to God's word and someone who won't. And right now, we all need to examine our own lives. And we need to ask ourselves, which house am I? Am I a house that is submitting 100% to the Lord? Or am I giving 50% and working on the other 50? But you've got to know where you're at. And you've got to know that you're, you have not arrived. And there's things that you have in your life that you need to get out. Amen. We need to examine our own lives. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to close with this. I want everybody in this room and everyone watching my live stream this morning to understand this, that God has made a provision for you and I to live victorious right now in this life. You do not have to wait to heaven until you get to heaven to be victorious over the devil. Amen. And you can be victorious in every area of your life. He has given us authority to conquer every demon and overcome every storm. But the thing of it is, our authority will not work until we submit our life, our entire life, to God's word. And let's put it this way. Our entire heart has to be committed. Your flesh don't have to be perfect. Don't use that as an excuse to sin. Amen? Your heart has to be right. So if there's any area in your life that God's been dealing with, then here's the simple solution. Repent and submit that area to God. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> We're not done with this. But I had so much, I couldn't get, get it all in this week. We will do our best to finish this up next week. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're not going to We'll finish it for this session. I told everybody when I started this, I probably taught this at least three times over the last six years. But nobody remembered it. 
I also told him you only retain 2% so I could preach it at least another 38, 40 times for you to get all of it. Amen? We're going to keep at this until the rapture. Amen. I'm going to keep at this every day. Every day in my life, I'm going to keep at this until the Lord takes me off this planet. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We always want to give everyone, not only in this room, but also those watching by live stream this morning. I hope you enjoyed this message. But we want to all give, we, don't, we want to give everyone an opportunity to know the Lord Jesus Christ as not only their Savior, but to also know Him as their Lord. When you make someone your Lord, if you call somebody your Lord, actually Luke 6.46 was about that. He says, why you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say to do? When you say to someone and you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are making a vow unto God that you will submit your life to Him. And that's what we're going to do this morning. There may be someone in here that's, uh, I'm not going to say backslid, but you just kind of have just been easing up on your relationship with God. There's someone, maybe someone watching my live stream, you've never even met who Jesus Christ is. So we want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. The Bible says in, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and He died for your sins, it says you will be saved. So let's do that this morning. If you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ either for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you even want to say, you know something, Lord, I know there's things that I need you to deal with me in my life. If that's you this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, raise your hand. Almost the whole room and I know of many by uh, live stream this morning. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. I believe he died on the cross so that I could live. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Show me what you want me to do. Give me direction and I'll follow it. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody that raised their hand, either in this room or by live stream, you will be a different person than you were when you sat down this morning. Amen? Amen. The last thing we want to tell everybody is we serve a miracle-working God, and you, I, are the next in line for our miracle. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.